and Dennis Stewart. It's our last program for the year. And uh, what are we planning to start off with? Well, Jane, you might recollect last week we uh, tried to say something about Vitex Agnes Castus, but the switchboard wouldn't allow us. We're overwhelmed. So very quickly before we start taking calls, for those that want to know something about Vitex, just at the end of the year, remember that of all the herbs we've mentioned this year, probably Vitex Agnes Castus has the most to offer for women's conditions in inverted commas. And if there's one particular condition for which it's famous... It is that experience of what we refer to as the premenstrual syndrome. If we get a chance, we'll talk a little bit more about it today, but I've given listeners a lead. Vitex agnus castus. Mm. It's a beautiful plant, uh, Jane. Last week, you might recollect, I brought you in a, a flowering part of a Vitex agnus. A beautiful flower. Yes, indeed. Was. So I would encourage listeners, those that are particularly gardeners, to seek to get hold of a little, uh, a little shrub, a little plant of Vitex, and grow it. It's magnificent. But quite apart from that, its medicinal use is the thing that's always intrigued me. And very quickly, there are a couple of areas that is famous for its use that might be of value, particularly for some women out there that are problemed with some of the conditions about which I'm going to speak. I did mention earlier about what's called the premenstrual syndrome. That's a condition that many women experience where prior to the period, depression, uh, breast congestion, feeling out of sorts, uh, is a fairly common scenario. And whereas in the past it was perhaps not taken too seriously, now the premenstrual syndrome is recognised medically as a real syndrome and is treated variously. As far as I'm aware, Jane, there is no herb, and let me emphasise this, there is no herb that has so much potential to level out some of the problems associated with that last couple of weeks before the period, the depression, the irritability, the way in which in some ladies even the personality seems to change. And I've heard that from many women in my 30-year history say that to me, that they feel as though they're a different person. Now, I'm not in any way at all talking chauvinistically. You'd appreciate that. But the use of Vitex from ovulation, say, halfway through the cycle up to the commencement of the period, for those women that are plagued by that feeling of out of sorts in that stage, try Vitex. There is nothing that can compete with it. We'll say a little bit more about Vitex later if we get a chance. We will indeed. And 492... Oh. Um. Okay. <laughs> what I think we might do is... Oh, dear. We will just um, go to a short break and then we'll hear... No, we won't. We'll go to Lynn right now. Lynn is... Uh, Lynn from Gresford has rung in. Hello, Lynn. Over to you. G'day, Jane, and g'day, Dennis. Hello, Lynn. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm pleased to hear that, Lynn, and thank you very much for dropping those eggs into my rooms. They were lovely. Thank you very much. You're welcome. The chooks do well. I think they do. That's evidenced by the, the wonderful colour of the yolks. You're a good lass. Thank you very much for that gift. You're welcome. Now, I've got some information or news that yes. may help your listeners. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, as, as some people would know, I've been experiencing severe knee, knee and shoulder pain since yes. since uh, May. Yes. 
and I was continually on to Dowdrum Fort and other codril painkillers. Yes. I was taking them at least once a day, quite often more. Yes. Up until about six weeks ago. Yes. When the pains eased, so yes. I didn't take it. Bec- um, anyway, in the meantime, I went and seen my doctor. Yes. And she was most surprised by me not on any painkillers and asked me why. Yes. I, I took in a bottle of, of uh, glucosaplex and curcumin. Yes. And I put them on, the, on her desk yes. and I said, I think this has been helping me. And she, was, she immediately then asked me all about it took photos of the bottles Good. and she did, then said, I will advise my patients about these. Well, that's nice, isn't it, Lynn? That's yeah. nice. That's good. Well, of course, Glucosaplex, as you would appreciate, uh, is a product that I developed. In fact, it bears my name, as you know. Yes. <laughs> it's helped a lot of people over the 20-odd years that it's been out there. It's not um, a popular product because I'm not a big player in the industry, but it's very effective, and uh, listeners know that they can get hold of the product from my rooms at 39 Elmer Road, New Lambton, or any of the Vitology shops in Newcastle. But that's Lynn, ru- but Lynn right. you, you will continue doing well with that combination. Um, uh, Glucosaplex is, is the quiet achiever. Curcumin, of course, is a very competitive natural anti-inflammatory agent. Put the two together, and this is information for listeners, uh, put the two together. Glucosaplex with the Dennis Stewart motto on it, the curcumin tablets, and put those two together, and there's a good chance that you'll be able to get the same benefit that you got then. And thank you so much for ringing in. You're welcome. I also mentioned to the doctor... Are you there? Yes, yes. Oh, sorry. I also mentioned to the doctor that curcumin is um, really good for diabetes as well. Well, there you go. You, okay. you, you know a fair bit about herbs, Lynn. I'll have to give you a job. <laughs> <laughs> From hearing you. Oh, well, thank you, Lynn. Uh, thanks. <laughs> thank you very much, Lynn, for your call. John has rung in from Warners Bay. A lung infection, John, your wife has. Yes, that's right, uh, Dennis. Um, look, uh, she only got diagnosed the other day, and I'm sorry I never wrote the name down, but it's one of those real long names. And apparently it's one of these ones which I think they, they said there's not a, a cure for it. Sure it wasn't bronchiectasis? She has got bronchiectasis, okay. yes, but she has okay. an infection like okay. uh, an infection on the, on the lung. Yes, pseudomonas or something like that, was it? Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And your doctor, yeah, would, your doctor would have your, the doctor would have your dear wife on antibiotics? Yes, well, she's got to go to the specialist uh, next week. Yes. Yes, that's good. That's good. So um, I was just wondering... Um, well, look, there's a couple. There's a couple of little things here that might be useful in in your wife's condition. You should, of course, mention anything that you're going to do to her uh, GP or respiratory specialist. But two things I'm a fan of for chronic respiratory infections, and that is the regular daily use of garlic in some form. 
Now, people raise their eyebrows when we talk about garlic because they immediately think of its odour and things like that. But, to be fair, uh, modern preparations of garlic come in pharmaceutical forms that are much more tolerable, and garlic has a reputation of being useful to address respiratory problems characterised by chronicity, that is their long-term activity. It seems to be useful in building up resistance, and it does have, I believe, some impact on slowly developing infections. Um, It's a good herb to be on, in my opinion, for any chronic respiratory condition, whether it be bronchiectasis or bronchitis, any of those conditions that are characterised by recurrent infection, um, coloured mucus, cough, any of those chronic conditions, I would urge listeners to think about utilising garlic in some form in a finished pharmaceutical form. Interestingly, garlic is not the sort of herb uh, that is likely to interact with any prescribed medication because it works quite differently to mainstream antibiotics. So it is one herb that I would suggest you consider and raise with your uh, GP. They may or may not know about its value. It's unfortunate that they may not because of, of all the herbs that we use in herbal medicine, it is one that we frequently use for these sorts of situations. The other thing that I would suggest is if your wife is experiencing uh, ongoing and recurrent infections, don't overlook the value of the American herb Echinacea, E-C-H-I-N-A-C-E-A. That herb is a good standby, and in the trade, so to speak, we refer to it as an immune-stimulating herb, uh, which seems to reinforce the body's natural resistance Those two things, or those two herbs, I have worked with for the 30-odd years of my professional career, and they still do be uh, proud as far as addressing these conditions. I'd suggest you think about raising those with your medical managers. Yeah, see, uh, the trouble with the garlic, she has an upset to stomach. Yes. um, Since she's a little girl, she had one of the lungs taken out. Yes, And obviously, you know, she gets infected. She gets infected. Of course, of course. What what I would say about the what I would say about the garlic preparations today is that many of them are enterically coated, that is, they bypass the gut, and um, uh, uh, reach the intestine without irritating the stomach wall. So I'd suggest you still raise it with your GP, have a word with your pharmacist, and ask for an enterically coated preparation of garlic that may not have the irritability that cruder forms might have. That sounds like a good way to go. So garlic in the food is good too, Well, look, in, in fact, I, uh, I'm a great fan of garlic in, in, in the food. The, the problem is, though, that when people uh, cook garlic, they can easily um, destroy some of its aromatic constituents. See, the, the, uh, the odiferous principle in garlic, which gives it its odour, comes from what's called an essential oil. Now, essential oils are known for their value as far as having antiseptic, and mild antibiotic characteristics. Now, when we cook with garlic, we retrieve perhaps some benefit, but we volatilise the oil and drive most of it off. We have enough of it left to flavour our food, but to actually get a medicinal effect, it's questionable. That's why garlic is used in more finished pharmaceutical forms today, which guarantee the, uh, the, the carryover of that active principle. So if you really want to make the most of your garlic in the cooking, you just put it in at the end, do you? Well, that's, that's not a bad idea. And look, um, another way of using garlic, which is popularly used in Europe, 
is to make what's called the infused oil of garlic. And this is very simple to do. All that one does is get some cloves of garlic, as many as you like, put them in a wide-mouthed jar and um, fill it up with extra virgin olive oil and leave it in a warm spot for a week or so. What happens is the, the essential oil in the garlic infuses into the olive oil and then you have a nice dressing, if you like, the infused oil of garlic, which also has much more stable medicinal principles than just cooking with it and volatilizing it. So garlic can be used in a number of ways as the infused oil, make it as strong as you like, cook with it certainly, but for medicinal purposes it's probably better to use it in a finished form where it's dose related. Ah, now the recipes are all taking shape. They are indeed, they are indeed, they are indeed. John, I cut you off a little bit too early. You've got another question for Dennis. Oh, just two, Dennis, um, or three, I'll, I'll wrap it up in three. That, that uh, garlic extract or ointment, would I, would I be able to get that at Vision Health at Hamilton, in the um, chemist there at Vision you, Health? I would think you or, would. Or, or, yeah. I would or, think you would. Okay. You would, probably, you would probably find, though, that the, the, the local pharmacist where you are would have, yeah. would have finished forms of, of garlic, right. as, as would your good health food store. So either your pharmacy or your health food store locally in my opinion, should be used or, or sourced first to, so, see, to see if they have those products. The garlic pearls, would it? The garlic pearls are different again, aren't they, that you buy in the Ga- gar- Garlic pearls are one form of using um, garlic, but there are other forms as well. And this is why I think in your wife's situation, it would pay you to discuss her particular uh, problem uh, with the yeah. pharmacist so that he can make a selection of a preparation okay. that is more tolerable. Right. Hmm. right. Now, the other two things is, what about hydrogen peroxide and collateral silver? Are they worth helping or not? Well, I, I have nothing to do with those. Yeah, all right, okay. Right up. Okay, well, thanks very much for all those wonderful questions, John, and uh, all the best. Now, we're moving now to Nick from Edgeworth. And, Nick, uh, fibromyalgia could be a problem. Uh, yeah, I've got a wife pretty bad with uh, fibromyalgia plus chronic fatigue, and I just wonder what Dennis recommends a good herb to try and get onto it. Okay. How long has your wife been expecting or experiencing fibromyalgia, uh, uh, Nick? Yeah, for years. Okay. Is she still on steroid or is she off steroid? Uh, she's not on anything. She's not on anything now. She, the doctor probably had her on some prednisone initially, did he? Uh, no, he didn't have her on those anyway. Okay. Well, look, my approach to fibromyalgia is to see it in the same way that I see the chronic fatigue syndrome. And accordingly, just as I have recommended the formula Astragalus 8 for chronic fatigue with great success over the years... So I would yep. recommend a trial on the use of the Astragalus 8 formulation. And it's, how do you spell that, Dennis? Well, if you just abbreviate it, Astra, A-S-T-R-A, Astra 8. Yeah. Now, most uh, good health food stores, um, what's your closest health food store? Probably Warners Bay. Okay. Warners Bay uh, would stock that. It's a Vitology health food store. They stock... Um, all the products or most of the products that I mention, go in and talk to them, tell them you were listening to me, and they will give you, I'm sure, the best deal possible on the Astragalus 8 formulation, sometimes abbreviated Astra 8. Okay, thanks for that, uh, Nick. And Paul has rung in on, from Maitland on 49216216, and it's a bit of a problem with blood pressure you're after. 
Hello, Paul. Yeah. Hi, how you doing? I'm well. That's good. Um, I've had high blood pressure for quite a while. Yes. And uh, I um, got some stuff from uh, from the US. It's called Cardio FX. And I know it has four ingredients, Hawthorne and some others, because I'm driving around, I don't have it with me and I can't tell you what's in it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's supposed to, it works by cleaning the blood vessels rather than just uh, thinning the blood. Okay. Um, what I would what I would say here is fairly general, but um, in the United States, uh, you can do and say things about herbs that would be forbidden here in Australia. Right. And the, okay. the herb hawthorn berry, to start with, is not a herb that will have an impact on blood pressure. I can assure you of that. I've worked with right. Hawth- I have worked with hawthorn for thirty years and know its benefits, but it is not a herb that has any significant consequence in blood pressure, so I would be very cautious about placing any emphasis on it, as I would be very cautious about using any product uh, from overseas that purports to address blood pressure problems. That is a medical condition, and as you know, you can die from, from blood pressure. I say to all listeners, I say to all listeners, be very cautious about buying stuff off the net, particularly from overseas countries, where regulations are not as strong and as safeguarding as they are here in Australia. Be cautious with that. Um, n- not that Hawthorne hasn't got properties. It has indeed. But well, I would... Maybe I'm wrong on that, okay. on that ingredient, okay. whatever, but, and because I don't have it with me, yeah, I can't. Sure, sure. Just, that, just but, be cautious. But I know it's, it's reduced my blood pressure yeah. down by 30 points over the top and... 15 on the bottom number. Well, again, um, again there I'd say be cautious because anything that is doing that uh, may be coming from something in the preparation uh, that is either not legal in Australia or even perhaps dangerous. If you like, if you like, if you send in the uh, list of ingredients that's in that product, I will privately contact you and give you a more informed opinion. But I'm obliged to say to you and all listeners, be cautious about overseas products that purport to treat blood pressure. And uh, presumably it's a good idea to run that sort of thing past your GP oh, anyway. Absolutely. Yes. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, blood pressure is usually fairly well kept under control I would think by so. I would think so. normal doctors. Mm. Okay, Violet from Maryland has rung in on 49216216. Now this is an interesting topic, Violet. Marine phytoplankton. Yes, that's correct. Hello, Marie. Tell me something about it. Or what, um, are, you, what are you using it for? Uh, diverticulitis. Okay. Yeah, it, uh, it was advertised and I sent away for it mm-hmm. and I was just wondering if it's a bit of a scam or okay. if it's real. Um, okay. Phyto means plant. Plankton uh, certainly implies some uh, microorganism that's from the ocean. Yeah. Um, is it an overseas product? Yes. Does it come from the US? Yes. Okay. I've got to be cautious what I say. Yeah. Uh, just be careful. Um, yep. If you have diverticulitis, in my opinion, there are better ways of managing it. Uh, and generally speaking, the modern herbal approach is to do a number of things. If you've got a pencil and paper here, yep, I'll I'm go ready. through them quickly. And yep. these things are unlikely to interfere with anything that your good GP or gastroenterologist would recommend to you. The first thing is make sure you're using some form of soluble fibre. And yeah. you, you would have heard me talk on this program over the year about the efficacy and benefits of slippery elm bark. Yeah. 
that in a powdered form and taken in a significant quantity has remarkable soothing and regulatory effects on the large bowel wall. That's principle number one. The second thing is make sure that you're colonising the lower bowel with a a significant amount of of, of acidophilus, uh, probiotics. They are significant uh, substances which one can get from numerous sources. Most of them are very economical. But a diverticulitis condition can be um, withstood, if you like, or made less likely to occur by blending the probiotics with the slippery elm. And thirdly, thirdly, here I go again with garlic, the regular use of garlic in a finished form, say a garlic pearl, as it passes through the gut, as it moves through, uh, tends to have an antiseptic, an antimicrobial effect on the gastrointestinal tract. So you're actually working against infection, you're actually bulking the bowel, and you're recolonizing the bowel. Those three principles, in my opinion, are less or, or more likely to give you some uh, improved resistance to the infection that you may have had, which the doctor would have treated with antibiotics. I would feel much more comfortable if you were to do that rather than import substances from overseas that may or may not work and might not even be permitted to be um, manufactured or uh, dis- distributed here in Australia from our retail outlets. Yeah, I was a bit worried about that. Yeah, be yeah. cautious. I say this to everyone. Be cautious because in Australia, the natural products that are manufactured here are made to what we call TGA standards, the Therapeutic Goods Administration. And in order to produce a product, even for retail, let alone prescribing, that product has to be passed by the TGA so that the claims that are made for it are seen to be legitimate and claims that are not too medical. And as a safeguard, any product that you use, in my opinion, should be Australian-made and have what's called an OSTL number on it or an OSTAR number on it. And that will make sure that it's been passed mm, by absolutely. the TGA. That's correct. 49216216, the number for, you, for your question for Dennis Stewart on Health Naturally today. And uh, Anne... No, not Anne-Marie. We'll come to you in just a moment. It's Kim from Charlestown. And uh, a sinus problem you have. Hello, Kim. Hello. Um, yes. Um, hello, Dennis. Um, I, I get a lot of um, headaches, yes. migraine headaches, and yes. sometimes they're caused by sinus. Yes. And I was just wondering if yes. there are any herbs that's yes. particularly good for that. You, you, get, you get sinus fairly regularly, do you? Yes, I do. And, and your doctor treats it with an antibiotic? No, it's not that bad. I, okay. I never go okay. to the doctor with it. I All right. Well, look, a, a, couple of, a couple of little things that are not expensive, very safe, but have a good track record and significant literature to support them. The first thing, a regular, ongoing use of horseradish and garlic. Now, I mean ongoing. In other words, see that as part of your daily supplement routine. I take supplements every morning, and I believe that contributes to my health and well-being. If you have been experiencing uh, sinus recurrently, bite the bullet and begin to take a good preparation of horseradish and garlic. There are numerous brands. Blackmore's makes an excellent brand. Start to do that. The second thing is increase your level of vitamin C. Vitamin C has distinctive possibilities in supporting the immune system. And even though it's the controversy about it, I think that the weight of evidence supports that optimal doses of vitamin C taken daily do have an impact 
on recurrent infections. Do those two things, and if that still doesn't work, begin to use the herb echinacea, which has specific activity on the upper respiratory tract and is a great herb to use ongoingly to fight chronic recurrent upper respiratory tract infections. Do those three things and see how you go. Okay, thank you. And so the horseradish and garlic, is that a tablet? Or? You look, you can get it in capsule, um, usually in capsule or tablet form. Um, it's a very popular product, um, and uh, a lot of people don't realise that uh, both those herbs, particularly the horseradish, particularly the horseradish, has a very, very good uh, evidence base, particularly in European literature, as a useful, mild, plant-based antibiotic for the upper respiratory tract. Very easily available, very safe and very economical. That answer your question, Kim? Wonderful. Yeah, look, and I was just listening before and you were talking about, I also have arthritis in my hips and I take your glucosaplex, yes. which is really good, but yes. um, I still do get a lot of pain and you okay. were saying something called picolin or I wanted uh, to curcumin, spell that. Curcumin, yeah. C-U-R... C-U-M-I-N. C-U-R-C-U-M-I-N. C-U-M-I-N. Now, okay. Now, remember, curcumin is the isolate or the active principle that's found in turmeric. And if you Google it up, you'll find there's a mountain of evidence on the net now supporting it as a useful, very, very safe, competitive anti-inflammatory agent. And that is why Lynn earlier in the program uh, spoke about the combination of my glucosaplex product with a curcumin preparation, and there are numerous brands in the marketplace of curcumin. Um, shop around, talk to your health food store proprietor or pharmacist, and append that to the glucosaplex, and you may find that that starts to give you an added benefit. Anne Marie, a problem with coughing that's somewhat irritable. Hello, Anne. Hi, how are you going? I'm well, indeed. You have a problem. I do. Tell me about it. Yeah, um, I, I had a, I had the flu oh, quite yes. some time ago, yes, yes. and since then I've had this um, cough, irritable test. cough. Yes, yes, and it, I can't seem to get a, get it to go away. It's a very common byproduct of that last nasty virus that was circulating. Mm. I recommend a few th- simple things. Yeah, um, one I mentioned earlier in the year met with uh, with great success, and a lot of people subsequently contacted me and told me the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. I recommended earlier in the year that a combination of natural honey and yep. used natural honey. Now, let me emphasize this is the last program of the year for me, and I want to emphasize again the benefit of honey, particularly for respiratory conditions, particularly for the throat. But, listeners, it has to be natural, it has to be Aussie, and if you can get hold of it, try to get it from the beekeeper, him or herself or from the market, the pure, the pure bulk honey, a dessert spoonful of that, right. and take it in conjunction with an old-fashioned remedy, Bonnington's Irish Moss. Okay. Right? Yep. Now, Bonnington's Irish Moss, I was raised on that. It still works. Yep. It uh, is, is very economical. Your, mm-hmm. good, your good pharmacist would certainly stock it. Yep. For each dose you take right. of Bonnington's Irish Moss, make sure it's taken in conjunction with a good heaped teaspoonful of pure Aussie honey. Try that to start with. That's usually a very successful combination. Mm -hmm. Now, now, if that is slow to work, if this, by the way, if that's going to do you any good, you should notice it fairly promptly. Okay. So if, however, it doesn't do the trick, 
there is one herb in European herbal medicine that uh, I have used and proven over the years, and that is the European herb known as sundew. Right, right. yeah. Sundew is the most popularly prescribed antitusive remedy. When we talk about antitusive, that means anti-cough remedy mm-hmm. in European um, herbal medicine and made popular by such great exponents of herbal medicine as the German medical practitioner, Dr. Rudolf Weiss. It comes in a liquid form. Its its botanical name is Drosera, D-R-O-S-E-R-A. Okay, hang on a minute. What was that again? D-R-O-S-E-R-A. And it is taken in very low doses of the fluid extract, no more than five drops three or four times a day. Not that it's a dangerous herb, but a large dose doesn't work as well in this case as a smaller dose. So there are two options. Try the first one, and I'd be surprised if you didn't get a result. If not, you'd probably have to go to my dispensary in 39 Alma Road, New Lambton, Mm -hmm. because sundew is not a popularly used herb these days, but we stock it in a liquid form, and we get good results with it. Okay, that sounds like a good path to follow, Anne-Marie. Good luck with that. Chris Eve has rung in from Stockton, and infant eczema is the problem for you, yes? Hello, Chrissy. Yes, it is. Hi, how are you? I'm well indeed. How old is your little child? Um, he's eight months old. Yes. Um, he suffers from eczema under yeah. his neck area. Yes. Um, I've tried every lotion, every ointment, every every bit of advice that everyone's given me and nothing's working. Uh, is he under the care of a paediatrician? Um, no, we've just been referred to a skin specialist, but... Yeah. At the moment, it's a hard time to get in with Christmas and stuff. But, but so. your, your, your general practitioner has been... Um, yes. And, and he has prescribed various creams? Yeah, we've tried the steroid creams and we've tried we've tried a, a lot of things and they tend to work for a couple of weeks and yeah. then and then we just it just starts again. So, so I'm wondering it, it, if you it's have a, any advice. It's a weeping expert, is it? Um, well, it, we sort of get it to a dry stage, but then... He scratches it a lot, which I'm giving him antihistamine for, but they're not yes. seen, they don't seem to be working too well. Look, what I would suggest here is you're, you're, you live at Stockton? Yeah. Okay. Take a trip in to see our good friends at uh, Visionary Health in Beaumont Street, Hamilton. They okay. Are, they are good people, and I've had a lot to do with them over the years. They're a group of pharmacists who compound medications. They're very okay. competent, and they would be very well qualified, I'm sure, to, to, to put together a preparation that, is, that they would manufacture or compound for your child rather than just take something off the shelf. I would be, yeah, ha- okay. I, I would be happier if you were to work uh, with someone like that rather than just uh, take something off the shelf from here or there. Go to Compounding Pharmacy in Beaumont Street, see them there, mention my name, take your little baby with you if you can, and they'll have a look at it, and I'm sure they'd be better able to help you than, than anyone else. And uh, all the best with that, Chrissy. Sue has rung in from Maitland. We're getting close to the end of the program, but we want to hear your questions, Sue. Arthritis. Uh, yes, well, it's mainly about citrus fruit, if you wouldn't mind. Yes. Uh, I've been avoiding um, citrus fruit mm. because of the acid for arthritis, but someone told me that mandarins are a different sort of, um, citrus and also if you have lemon juice in um, water of the morning it shouldn't hurt you is that right because I don't um, believe that I don't believe that um, the citrus fruits any of them 
have a, what's called an acidic effect in the system. They, in fact, become alkaline in the system. So I would be surprised. Oh. I would be surprised if there was much difference between any of them. And oh. I, I would be surprised if there was a solid case uh, indicating that citrus fruits compromise arthritis. I know a lot of people will disagree with me on that, oh. but I think it's a, a misnomer to think that they have a so-called acidic effect in the system. I question that. Well, well if I eat uh, tomatoes... Yes, but and, tomatoes and, are and, different. And, and, now, see, tomatoes are, are entirely different chemistry altogether. Mm-hmm. Tomatoes contain what's called the solidine alkaloid. Now, that alkaloid, that alkaloid can be very challenging and can be the source of inflammatory activity, but the citrus fruits have an entirely different chemistry. Oh, well, I, I find that oranges I can't eat. Well, um, but everyone everyone has some degree of reaction to to many foods. But I think to generalise and say that they have an acidic effect in the system, I question that. Okay, Okay, different opinions and things. And uh, Dennis Stewart, we're just about at the end of our last program for the year. What a good year it's been. It has been. You've done well, Jane. You've led the program very well. (laughs) (laughs) I'd just like to thank the listeners, many of you that have supported Jane and myself during the year. We hope you've got something out of it. And we'll be back, the both of us, next year to do the same. Yes, at the beginning of February. First week of February is when we're all happening. So do have a wonderful Christmas. And 2NURFM's Health Naturally is available on podcast as well.